Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. Today is Monday, January 11th. I'm Carter, and I'm joined by Carrie wearing her Newsies hat, her recent recent addition to her hat collection. How you doing, Carrie? Yeah, we have many. I thought about wearing mine today, and I was like, oh, we just wore them. But maybe I should have. We could have matched again. Um, let's see, wait, let's just, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, do your thing. Record sometimes and release this week. We've got a couple coming out. We're going to be putting out one with Hotep Jesus, which is really fun conversation. And, uh, maybe a second one, hopefully with Cameron Pasha. Um, but also we have book club coming up. If you are new and want to join our book club, you still have time to read the book this month. We're doing Cynical Theories by James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose. We'll be discussing it on Sunday, January 24th. And Helen and James are both going to participate in some way. Maybe we'll do a Q&A after the conversation. We'll figure it out. But um, you have time to join us. You can go to unsafespace.com and click on the book club page to find out more information. Um, it is free to join and be a participant on camera or just in the live chat. Yep. And if you like this video, like, subscribe, do the things, do all the things, and uh, you can find <laughs> do us all the if things. you want to support. If you want to support us financially and you're able to help, there is a uh, subscribe star. You can go to unsafespace.com to donate. You can find all the different ways to donate. You get a lovely grenade <laughs> mug if you donate the $25 level or above. Woo! Nice, Vanna. Is that all the things I've? Oh wait, here, wait. Oh wait, I I, let me full screen you for that. Do that again. Do your Vanna White. Oh, wait, I, I still don't see you very well, but that's okay. Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's not working as much well as I want. Oh, because the stupid Skype thing. Hold on for a second. Here, let me. Uh, we're gonna do your Vanna White. I really want Vanna White to work out on this. So hold on. Uh, bam. All right, there you go. This this streamlabs. There you go. There's your Vanna. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that that works. And I'm actually going to fix this one too because uh, whenever if Streamlabs is weird, like every time I open it, it resets the windows, um, which is quite annoying. So I got to do all this window stuff. I don't know. I don't know why people like this PC stuff. Huh? You know, the Mac was slow and died, but. I'm a little, uh, just so you know, Carter, I just finished a two-hour interview on Honey Badger Radio. If you guys <laughs> haven't checked them out before, they have two channels, and I was on their live channel, Honey Badger, Honey Radio Live, or Honey Badger Live, and um, that was fun, but I also feel a little talked out, so I'm going to let you take I the understand. reins. I understand. I understand. By the way, uh, okay. someone's saying we missed everything before Hotep Jesus. I know. Carrie, you were muted for the first few seconds, but I unmuted you. So people missed like the hi, I have a hat stuff, and then then they heard it. Uh, so I I know she's she's back, everyone. Uh, I was saying thank you to Pirate Tomsky for the hat. Yes, <clears throat> who is our hat provider? How how did your show go? Is it air, did it air live just before, or is it gonna? Yes, okay. it's live. It's already aired, and then I also uh, was on a, a podcast with Kurt Metzger, the comedian called can't get right with kurt metzger uh -huh. and that one was pre-recorded but i believe is is airing today on his channel on youtube cool. so 
I'm feeling a little, you know, my brain, I have about two hours in me of talking and thinking, <laughs> and then I want to go do something else. But I'm hanging in there. You just, you just pulled okay, me. You, you just pulled me, pulled me along. All right. I'll pull you along. You hang in there. Um, okay. Let's see. Oh, uh, I, I haven't started reading cynical theories yet, but it, it's, I read the first chat and that's not true. I read the first chapter. It's, it's not, it's not bad. You can start now and still have plenty of time to, to do it. So if you want to join book club, do that. Um, all right. Well, there's lots going on. Uh, I know I didn't, I saw you had an article on medium, but I didn't read it yet. So I don't know what it's about. I simultaneously without speaking with you posted an article about medium that might be about the same on medium that might be about the same topic <laughs> which is some okay. of the censorship stuff that's going on um i guarantee you i guarantee you we wrote about it in very oh, different ways yeah i intentionally went <clears throat> into <clears throat> technically how they ban basically um okay. because i just felt like it was important to clarify here are the ways that they here are the steps that they take they do this and then they'll do this and then they'll do this and these, these are the this is the trajectory we can expect. Um, and, you know, we've said this for a while, how – you remember how we've been saying Biden, uh, you know, talked about unity and, of course, that means the exact opposite of unity and blah, blah, blah. Did you see what his inauguration theme is going to be, Carrie? Oh, wait. No, I didn't. Let me guess. This is a fun game. Is it Build Back Better? No. Is it is it no malarkey? <laughs> it should be no malarkey, but it's not. Okay, wait, hold on. Okay. Is it um, <clears throat> his inauguration theme? Is it uh, white people need to die? No, no, he wouldn't say that. That's uh. No, but I mean, is it is it sort of like no? We okay. Um. Mm, okay, one last one. Is it about uh, right wing extremism? Nope. Okay, I'm at a loss. Tell me. Well, Biden's <laughs> inauguration theme, drum roll please, is America United. Oh, okay. Because that's what he's going to do. <laughs> you, you're thinking he's going to say something overt like, uh, <laughs> now, the, now we've won. Welcome to Marxism. I don't think it's going to be that obvious. <laughs> no. Well, I did see he was saying something about how uh, we need to invest in black uh, and Latino and and female owned small <laughs> businesses and help them first to come back from lockdown. So that to me was sort of like uh, white businesses. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I guess that the thing that I find funny about this is the the leftist establishment is doing. I mean, if you wrote a playbook, if someone said to you. What are all the ways that you could continue to sow divisiveness politically in this country? Like now that you've won, how can you make it worse? I don't think they would be doing anything differently than him than what they're doing. Like than what the leftists are doing. They're doing everything to make the country divided. Everything. Um, and so naturally, yeah. in the spirit of their Orwellian doublespeak. <laughs> Their theme is America United. So I don't know. I don't know why. I just thought that was, I thought that was really funny. Maybe never. No one else thinks it's funny, but I think it's funny. Um. So yeah, I wanted to show. That I watched. You. I watched V for Vendetta last night. Clark. Finally. No, I mean I've oh, seen oh, it before. Okay. I I just it's been since I haven't seen it since it came out and years and years. Right. 
I know you watch it every year. Every Most year. of us don't do that. And so I uh, watched it last night. Very appropriate time in history to be watching it. And really very, a lot of things in the, in the movie that are applicable to what we're seeing today. There's the whole storyline about how uh, they find out that th this pandemic that um, affected three different sites and that the pandemic that they used to justify quarantine measures and curfews and stuff was actually um, instigated by the government, which is kind of interesting. Um, I'm not saying that our government released COVID. I'm just saying the, the, our government has used COVID um, in the way they do in that movie. Yep. To... Um, to to for creeping authoritarianism you know but um yeah the part that i think stood out to me most was the part about when you you lose everything mm. when you and, and there's a quote that marie busky reminded me of that uh she sent to me before i started watching that movie but it just it just nicely dovetailed with with that film and it's an it's a solzhenitsyn quote and it is, uh, let me just read this to you for a second, because I thought this was really great. You only have power over people as long as you don't take everything away from them. Hmm. But when you've robbed a man of everything, he is no longer in your power. He's free again. Yeah. And I, I was, had reason to think about that because, well, in the film, you see her, everything is taken from her. And she conquers her fear she loses her fear or she she moves past her fear once she realizes that um that death that that, that there's something beyond death that's something more, more important that death is not the something more important mm -hmm. and that um you know whether that is truth i would say it's truth principles yeah if you're if you're believing yeah I would, I, would, it's God, I would say it's principles that yeah yeah, there are things that are more important than all the things you fear losing. And the article I wrote, which is probably really different than yours, was sort of about how even though there's so many things, so they've taken, they're, they're in the process of taking free speech from us. And not just through mass purges on the mainstream platforms, but also through um, trying to eliminate any competitor, any competitor or any space where we can go to and have free speech, mm -hmm. like like Parlor, they just took down. It's offline today. Yep. Um, I think that even though there's still that's just speech, right? And, and there's so much more that that they have yet to take that they can take, but you can still get to that place of not operating out of fear. You can still get there before all those things are taken. Um, you just have to give up I, those I really, things first. You, yeah, you have to choose to give up to those things or give up their power over That's you. That's what I mean. And yeah. so, yeah, and so I tweeted something like that. And Jack Murphy, who, you know, he wrote the book um, Democrat to Deplorable, he said, you know, I got over my fear about four years ago. And yeah, that's around the time it happened for me too. Is once you've been through it once, you know, when I was contemplating, when I, when I was dealing with, with waking up, to like what my what my old belief system really was, what social justice really is, and how evil I think it is, and and you know it is a racist, sexist, collectivist belief system, and it is about censorship and control of people. It's authoritarian in nature. It is about violence, supporting violence, and and justifying the uh, means by looking at the ends. Um, and 
in, in getting over the fear of speaking against it, you know, uh, there was a fear of losing um, my income, my career, my friends, in quotes, my friends, <laughs> but actually some real people I thought of as real friends, sure. friends, social circle, status, uh, prestige, uh, you know, an anonymity, um, security, all of these things. I had a fear of all of that. And what happened, and a lot of times people write to me now and they ask, you know, they, they're like, I agree with a lot of what you're saying and I see this, and, and especially liberals are like, I see this on the left, but I, I'm too afraid. And how did you get over your fear? Well, I don't really know the answer to that other than just doing like, work on yourself and trying to pursue, pursue truth. It was about six months for me. And I will say, I think what happened is that over those six months, I got to the point where I actually became more afraid of the consequences of not speaking, of mm. not speaking truth. I became more afraid of what that was going to do to me and do. And, and, and because social justice was everything around me was getting worse in the world because of this belief system I became more afraid of where we were going to end up if people didn't start speaking. And so I became more afraid of that than I did of losing all those things that you think are important. Yep. And so once you've cockered that once, I think it's easier to see it for what it is in other forms later. Not, not always. You're still going to, I still see people. I still have fear. Every, every, of, course, of course, humans have fear. And it's just, it's just a matter of like not letting the fear own you, not giving that fear power over you. And I still see people struggle with that. Even people I would consider, um, truth seekers who, who, who will, because once you've lost all those things and then if you start to build them up again, um, I see people get, uh, uh, for example, in the, in the reactions to the purges, I've seen some people instead of looking at like, oh my gosh, there's. Uh, I lost, like I lost, I think 800, uh, people I'm down 800 followers on Twitter mm -hmm. as of today. I don't view that. They're not going in there and taking away my followers and, and try, that's not something happening to me. Right. <laughs> that those are people who either chosen to leave and are leaving and are, it's an exodus off of Twitter or. I think it, it's that plus it's in conjunction with people being disappeared and Twitter has said they're, they're um, getting rid of accounts that are bots or whatever. Right. Oh yeah, sure. Right. But they're purging people. Those are 800 people who are now gone either mm -hmm. uh, of their own volition or because Twitter kicked them off the platform. But I've seen some people who have maybe lost everything when they left the social justice left or left the, the woke cult then gain a following and some amount of prestige or um, social status or, or what have you, who are, are now, it's almost like if you let you start to lay up treasures again and you've already lost them once, there's that temptation of letting them own you again. You don't want to lose them again. And so I've some, seen some people kind of reacting to it in this sort of woe is me way about like, they're trying to take away my followers and they're trying to take away my influence and my, 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 and me, me, me. And it's like, dude, they have power over you because you're, because you put so much value in those things. Again, this, your, whatever it is you're building, your, your, um, whether it's your art, your, your, uh, maybe have a music career, maybe it's your business, maybe it's a podcast like ours. Um, 
this podcast is not an end. This is the means. This is the means to hopefully help people and to, uh, in my case, one of Carter and I have very some. We have some objectives that are the same and some that are different. One of my objectives is to help people understand what social justice ideology is. Um, acquiring a fan base or following is not the ends. That's a means to to reach more people to help people understand what it is. If you lose sight of what what the real ends are and you're just focused on my following and my fame and my this and my that, like you've, well, then now, now, first of all, you've gotten sidetracked. And second of all, you've, you've put, uh, you've made idols out of these meaningless things and it's going to hurt you more. You're fearing this more, I guess I would say you're fearing all this a little bit more because you're like, Oh, this is, Oh, they're destroying my treasures. You know, I don't know if that makes sense. That was what I was trying to write about. No, I think I think it does. I mean, often I do see people that uh, leave one group for another, like leave one comfort zone, um, and maybe they haven't done the full work uh, that you're talking about of kind of letting go emotionally, um, but they end up in another comfort zone very quickly, um, yeah. surrounded by you know um, different things that they're afraid to lose. And I mean, I agree with you, the whole thing, this whole thing for me, I I mean, when I started doing this podcasting, I had, I mean, I literally had kind of no plan other than, well, I want to say what I'm concerned about with Western civilization and speak freely. And, you know, I had been working in Silicon Valley and I wasn't allowed to do that and continue working. So I was Mm -hmm. like, well... I guess if I want to speak my mind, that's all I'm going to be allowed to do because I can't, can't do anything else. So um, it, it was never about I want to amass a certain number of Twitter followers. I mean, I'm not on Twitter really too much, but or YouTube followers or whatever. But I think some people I think some people it is easy to get caught up in that stuff. And I, I get it. And there is legitimate yeah. concern for it. I mean, if you're trying to reach people oh, and oh, they ban you, that legit- does affect your ability to reach people. I guess all I'm saying is people have to keep sight of the big picture and why you're doing what it is you're doing anyway. Right. And that will, um, if you're doing that, then they will have less power over you. Right. Because you won't be investing, you won't be um, focused in the wrong direction on the wrong things. Right. And and you'll be focused on what's actually meaningful and um, purposeful and not, uh, not on all these um, worldly uh, temporal things. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people, um, well, I think, I think a lot of times for people, the fear of losing something is often worse than the actual loss. So like, I'm afraid yeah. of losing our YouTube account or our Twitter account. Like that's, that's a scary thing. Yeah. Um, but I can't let the fear of that be worse than, it actually happening. I mean, if it happens, it will suck and we'll have some, we'll have to deal with some stuff and, and it will be a pain to get back and running in some capacity would probably immediately start doing, um, just uploading content to library at least, and would have to figure out another live stream solution and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, if we operate constantly every day, worried about the fear of being banned from YouTube, then they're, they're, <laughs> they're getting editorial 
control over what we're doing. They're they're taxing us while we're on YouTube. Like, let's just do our thing. And if they kick us off of YouTube, then they kick us off of YouTube and we'll deal with it. But we can't wasting time being too afraid about it. I mean, look, I do intentionally not say completely outrageous things on YouTube that I know. You know, that probably could be said a little bit more subtly anyway, and these are not necessary. Like, there's a little bit of self-censorship, but not yeah. too much, because I don't want to worry about it too much with YouTube. Um, yeah. I want to read this quote from the chat. I just saw there's a lot of people in there today. Hello, sure. guys. But um, this is not a super chat. I just saw it and wanted to read it. Lynn Waslikovich, uh, one problem society is having is we were told to go out and make the world a better place. What we need to do is make yourself a better place. Yes. Right. That's exactly it. Well, that's how you that's make the world Jordan a better place. Peterson. You be a better person. Be a better part of yes. the world. That's what Jordan Peterson was talking about. That was his whole message, I would say. The thrust I of his whole message right. is the only thing you have control over is yourself. Yeah. Make yourself a better – and if everybody made themselves a better place, the world would be a better place. Right. Right. You know, the other thing this is reminding me of, and I've brought this up before, and whenever I bring it up, there's always people who are like, stoicism sucks, blah, 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 blah. I'm not telling people to practice stoicism. I'm just going to tell you about this one practice again, which I've mentioned before, which is something that I do find helpful, which is this this uh, periodic contemplation uh, of loss of a bunch of things. Like stoics would periodically pause to think about what, you know, the loss of their loved ones, the loss of their property, the loss of all these things that they care about. Mm-hmm. And one of the one of the mm-hmm. the consequences of that is it would engender a real a much deeper sense of appreciation for those things. They would realize, wow, life is fleeting. I could lose things at any moment. I really need to cherish the people that I love and the things that I love in, in this world because at the end of the day, I don't actually have control over whether those are going to continue in my life as much as I'd I'd like to have control over that. And I think it also let it also helps you get over some of the fear of those things going away. You appreciate them, but you're little by little dealing with the idea. You're not you're not sticking your head in the sand blind to the idea that those things can go away in your life. Their tragedy does strike and it Go can ahead. happen and you can continue. It might suck, but you can you can continue and you can persevere. Um yeah. Let's do a couple of super chats really quickly before we uh, before we yeah. get too far behind. So Cheeky Mare says, I've never been good at social media and I've deleted all forms of from my I from my phone. Should I be staying and fighting or go back to nineteen ninety living? Ah uh, I don't think you need personally I don't think you need to fight on social media. I do not have Facebook, Twitter. I have no social media on my phone other than Clubhouse, which I'm just kind of experimenting with. Um I have no social media on my phone. So uh, I don't think you need to be doing that at all. I do have some on on you know my computer. I'm only on Facebook so I can manage the Unsafe Space Facebook page if necessary. Um, if it weren't for Unsafe Space, I wouldn't be on Facebook. I'm kind of on Twitter by default, uh, but I'm I, you know as Carrie as you know I don't really post on Twitter very often. I don't think you have to fight the war <coughs> on social media. That you fight the war wherever you are, whatever your natural element is, and I don't think social media i don't think people should be pushed into social media in fact the reverse i would say go spend time with people in real life and have face-to-face conversations uh i would answer that cheeky mayor it's sort of the same way as carter it just depends on you 
and what your talents are and what your interest is. So not everyone needs to stay on social media. Some people are going to be more effective in the world if they're off of it. Right. And other people, that's that's what they're good at or that's what they're interested in is talking online and trying to sway the conversation online. So everyone, that's, you know, that was sort of when we had that conversation with David Raboy, I thought that was really interesting that he was talking about how, in his opinion, as someone on the right, he looks at the left and he's like, oh, the left has kind of figured out that everybody has a different role to play. And, you, mm. you know, you don't all have to be... Um, uh, in in the same kind of be working in the same capacity and that you're basically pushing the ideology or they're, they're all pushing their ideology, social justice ideology in different ways in whatever capacity in their little niche of the world. And um, I think, I think being effective, like uh, fighting for truth, um, um, trying to model your beliefs in your behavior, you can do that in whatever your niche is. Right. And for some people, that's going to be online, and other people, it's not going to be online. Sometimes so, it's just with I, your kids. A, Sometimes it's just yeah. with a small group of friends or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another super chat from Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin says, uh, Carter, your video this morning was bittersweet <laughs> and right on point. Happy New Year to everyone, and get ready for the long game. Yeah. Uh, thank you. What Thank did you, you do this morning? It, that was the one I, I did a video version of the article, um, basically. Oh. Uh, so, um, yeah, people can watch it if they want. It's like 18 or 20 minutes long. Um, another next super chat from Gay Rascal uh, says, read Live Not By Lies by Rod Dreher. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. It's yes. stories of how to survive, stay true, and sane under totalitarian rule. It may become very useful. Well, that's a grim thought, but accurate. I think it may I want to add that book to book useful. club at some point. I'm making a big note well, for myself. Well, we've got to go ahead and you know where to put it. Put it on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know where to. Um, this is not a super chat. I just want to read this one. Gabriel says, Carrie, please eventually refer folks to your conversation with Benjamin. It was truly special. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Gabriel. Um, yeah, if you haven't seen it. I'm on, I was on Benjamin Boyce's channel recently and you can find that on Benjamin Boyce on YouTube. And, um, what was interesting about that conversation, I really like Benjamin Boyce. First of all, he's very authentic, I think, and very, um, uh, sincere and, and also has just a really beautiful mind and the way he thinks and a beautiful soul. And he, uh, we what what was a little bit different about that conversation is towards the end he started asking me about God and spirituality and stuff in a way that nobody really has done in an interview yet. So we got to talk about things that I don't often get to talk about. It was really different. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was a powerful like interview. Um <clears throat> and he was genuinely interested in the spirituality aspects. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. Uh all right, Twee Girl. Twee Girl says the winners of this battle believe it is victory to be celebrated in the Tao. Dao, uh, the end of a battle is a place of mourning. <laughs> yes, but uh, I think as I as I uh, wrote and said actually in the video, the other video that I released, um, they're not <clears throat> they're sore winners. The left is not they're they're not magnanimous. They don't win and say. Oh, now welcome everyone with open arms. Sorry, far, sorry for the scuffle. 
Uh, I said some things I didn't mean, and I'm sure you did too. Let's all sing Kumbaya and get together. That's not how they win. When the left wins, they've got a list. They've taken names. Yeah, let's get... And they're going after you. They're not like, let's get united. No. <laughs> right. They say those words because it... But those words, that's um, that's theater. They 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 know those are the words that are expected to be said, and they speak them loudly when they're doing the exact opposite thing to kind of show, no, I'm being very, I'm all about unity, right? They, they say the more about unity if they're focused on division. Um, so let's see. Kent Anuferchuk, uh says the marketplace of ideas is now Costco <laughs> membership card required. My new favorite <laughs> thing is changing one word in leftist tropes and calling it racist for it. Well, you know, the problem though, Kent is Costco, Costco lets anyone buy a membership. I wouldn't mind having to pay five or ten bucks a month for YouTube or Twitter uh, if I was guaranteed to be allowed in the door. Uh, so I think it's worse than Costco. <laughs> but, but I appreciate the analogy. Uh, Marie, can I yeah. read Marie Busky? Yeah. Hello, Marie. She gives us a super chat and says, winning the minds of individuals in person is so much stronger than online. Attention on social media is fleeting. Attention in real life is meaningful. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I I love her. She's a good bird. She is. And she sends um, chocolate regularly. So what's not to love? <laughs> why, why bother? Thank you, why bother? Says, last time this level of censorship was around, I learned from parents. It was in the Soviet Union. And everyone knows what comes in the package. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what we're going to see now is is um, probably a, a more modern version of that is what you're seeing in China. And for those of you who aren't aware, like go go look up China's social credit system. It's something I've wanted to make a video about, but it's just time consuming and I haven't done it. But go look up China's social credit system, and you will see kind of what we're what we're headed for. Um, China has become a model for authoritarians around the world. They are very good at technical surveillance. Um, they're very good at intimidation. They're very good at manipulating the population. Um, they, e- even in little ways, like, you know, to get on the train, you need the app installed, but the app tracks all these other things where you've been. And, you know, you, well, the conversations you have are tracked and, and they might they might bring you in and sit you down and have a conversation with you about, hey, you know, Carrie, you were having a conversation with Carrie and she said that you were not happy with how Xi Jinping was doing. Is that is that what she said? Because you might want to be careful. But like, you know, they'll they will they will really, really manipulate the fabric of society. They're very, very good at it. And uh, they are the would, template that other governments are going to use. They are, you know, it's interesting. I uh, was just talking with my housemate about some of this stuff. And I don't know if you guys remember, because everything moves so fast now, but a couple of weeks ago, was it Andrew Yang, who I liked, he was one of the two Democrats I liked in the primaries, but he said something insane on Twitter. He was saying, you know, would it be possible to get some kind of identification on people's um, IDs that shows whether or not they've had the vaccine? <laughs> These are the same uh, people who don't want voter ID. Right? Like, <laughs> what? Why? And then, and then pretty soon after that, I saw Trudeau in Canada said, you can't come to Canada unless you've had the vaccine. They're going to be... Yeah. Or is that like at the airport or this is like China social credit system. Like I don't, 
I shouldn't have to get a vaccine to be able to participate uh, in society, to, to pursue liberty, to pursue my life yep. and to make a living. And uh, it, I think we're, we're heading to a really scary place. Well, think of uh, all the worst diseases for which there are vaccines, for which no one stops you at the airport to make sure like yeah. – do you have a polio vaccine, Carrie, before you get on the plane? Yeah. No. No one no one checks that. Uh this isn't about the science. That the point the reason I'm saying that is is to demonstrate this isn't about the science. This isn't about some crazy new threat. This is about an opportunity for authoritarianism. That's what it's about. Yeah. Uh, uh Zarzes says take your children and yourself and hide in the cellar. By now, the fighting is close at hand. Uh, that's a quote. I, it, they have that in quotes. I don't know what that's from, though. I'm not sure. I hope it's I'm a metaphor. Playing. I'm not sure exactly, exactly well, what I'm that one not, is. I, it, it sounds like it's probably from a movie or something. I'm not going to hide in the cellar, but I do understand those who, who need to. Sir Lunchalot. Sir Lunchalot has <laughs> an amazing name. name, first of all. <laughs> Thank you for the super chat. And says, just as Hitler used the fire at, I'm going to mispronounce this, Reichstag. Reichstag to outlaw all those dissenting to him sweeping into power. The left now have the, quote, insurrection, end quote, at the Capitol to do the same. Yeah, my preacher made that point yesterday about the, I can't say it, say it one more time. Reichstag? I the guess. Reichstag fire, yes. I'm, I'm not a uh, German speaker, so if someone can be correcting me, but I think that's how you say it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then Mephisto gives us another super chat. And I think this is, again, is lyrics to a song or something. Somebody look this up. What is this? He says, uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me calling you? Not sure what that's from, but thank you. And M. Tax Shark says, exactly, Carter. I think we're seeing the never let a crisis go to waste status motto in action. They see opportunity and they will push it to the limit. Yep. So maybe, Carrie, maybe we should just go over, I mean, I know you and I have both talked about the parlor thing, but we should do like a really high level, just tell people what happened in the last past few days, because since Friday, things have changed, right? So, well, real, real quick, Pirate Tomsky, just so, oh, hello, Pirate Tomsky, oh, okay. thank you for the hat, <laughs> says, right, and what about the people who cannot have the vaccine? Are they now pushed out of society? Oh, Good question. Yeah. yeah, I think they will be. Uh, that's the plan, right? That's what they do in China. Yeah. So, and then Cheeky Mayor, thank you, Cheeky Mayor, says, I'm going to have to wait for a little bit, a week or two, to try and get with some people I know. I'm struggling with some anger issues. Cheeky Mayor, I am right there with you. You know, as you guys know, if you watch the show, I have my own rule for myself, which is when I don't have a problem calling names in the third person, especially when you're talking about a public figure. Like, but if you're talking to someone in a conversation with them, I try. I do. I, I have a rule about not calling names because then it just goes nowhere good, and you can't expect to get anything out of it. Then, but in the past couple of days, after all this stuff started, I've been in that angry place too, cheeky mare. Emotions have been running high, and I did call someone dumb, and not very happy about it. But they were dumb. In my defense, I was they say, were dumb. Were they dumb? Because <laughs> that's yes. okay then. <laughs> they were dumb. <laughs> Uh, Chavez Chavez says the pronunciation is Reichstag. Reichstag. It's like hard K, Reichstag. Okay. Reichstag. 
Uh, Helena Black, thank you for the super chat, says, social credit already here, mylife.com. Oh, yeah, I've seen that site. And then Mephisto tells us what the song lyrics are. It's an 80s song, Mike and the Mechanics, Silent okay. Running. Please listen to the lyrics when you have the time. Thank you. I will. I'm going to make a note. I appreciate that. Yep. Okay. Yep. By the way, okay, some, now, let's someone asked if uh, the parlor thing changes my opinions on ANCAP. It's not a super chat, but it doesn't change my opinions on ANCAP. And I, I, a lot of people get really fixated on a political philosophy. <laughs> I have said time and time again, and I'll say it again, any political philosophy needs to be grounded in a culture that supports it. And we are not in a culture that supports ANCAP. We're not even in a culture that supports uh, minarchy. We're not in a culture that supports libertarianism right now. We're not in that culture. Um, The way to change those things, you have to build the culture to support that. So it's like saying, if I say, hey, someday I'd like to build a skyscraper that's 50 stories tall, and someone's like, really? You think you can do 50? Because I don't see any stories here. 50 is ridiculous. It would fall out of the sky. It's like, yes. Yes, it would. You need to build 49 other stories first, and then you can put the 50th story on. That's how I view um, That's how I view the politics. That I view politics as a – like. It's a conclusion after a whole bunch of other stuff. You've got to have philosophy. You've got to have culture. You have to have a whole society in place that can support a political system. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, I think our society is more likely to support socialism than anything else right now and maybe yeah. even authoritarianism. All right. Uh, one last thing. Yep. Laura, Laura says uh, – you, Carrie, you called my friend a fool, but in fairness, he is being a fool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right, okay. Well. Yeah. It actually was about four times the past two days. I call. I threw out about about four dumb slash fools, and <clears throat> uh, I will get back to my regular state of being soon. I just uh, I've been a little more blunt than usual, and and yes, in fairness, I did not call anyone a fool who's not being a fool or being dumb. One of the dumbest people I think I've ever talk to on Twitter, you guys, just, just bear with me for just a second, Carter. This person, I said something about how, you know, they have now shut off the president of the United States. And so is there any confusion anymore about who holds the power in this country? Um, you've got this holy trinity of the legacy media, big social and deep state. And you want to tell me there's any president, any president at all who's more powerful than that? No. And do you think Biden's going to be more powerful than that? No. Like we're in a place now where they have the power to shut off the president of the United States. They have the power to shut you off. And some dumb person who's incapable of seeing anything without their Trump glasses on, you know, said, uh, oh, Trump will be fine. He can do this. He can do that. But it's a, I'm sorry. Did did you think this tweet was about Trump? It's it's not about Trump. <laughs> read it again. Develop reading comprehension. Are you an adult? Or are you? Ch- I, I I I really seriously was like, I'm not sure. Is this person like not an adult? Or, um, and they continued continued to double down and say, no, you're talking about Trump. See, and they they did a screenshot where I said, uh, any president, like they are more powerful than this holy trinity, big social. The legacy media dipstate is more powerful than any president. They said, see, 
you're talking about Trump here. I said, oh my goodness, you are just owned yourself. Like the part that you underlined of my tweet just proves my point. I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about who holds the power in this country. It's not the president. It's not any president. It doesn't have anything to do with Trump. It could be any other president. And, and I, I mean, am I wrong here, Carter? I said, I, I've never, I, I don't usually go to a place of calling people dumb, but seriously, at some point you have to say like, you have to be this intelligent to ride this ride. Like, I can't have this conversation with you. You are too stupid. And, and are, I don't, I, I'm not used to seeing adults this dumb. Really? And I'm not. <laughs> I mean, if that's the worst you've experienced on Twitter, you've had a cakewalk. I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know. What are you? I mean, <laughs> I'm not on Twitter much at all, no, but that's nothing. Carter, I don't no. know. You had to see the session because they, <laughs> they just kept owning themselves and thinking that they were. And, I, and the other thing I said, which is true, is um, – being dumb, that's okay. I, 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 w- I wouldn't point it out normally, except that you're also arrogant. You're dumb and arrogant. Yeah, well, that, those things go <laughs> together often. But the arrogance is what makes the, the, the ignorance unbearable. Like, you could be ignorant, fine, but you're arrogant on top of it and you're an idiot? Like, okay, I'm, do- okay, I'm done. Yeah. Thank you for letting me Maybe they're just that. really good at trolling you. Oh, no, this person was serious. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, now we have to do a few more super chats. Uh, the captain's log says Arnold Schwarzenegger compared the storming to Crystal Knock. I hate that we're calling it the storming. Uh, I'm gonna let's call it the. I'm I'm okay with calling it a riot because it did turn riotous in D.C. Arnold Schwarzenegger call uh, compared the storming to Crystal Knock. This is just purely disgusting and completely disingenuous to those who are persecuted. Says the captain's log. Yeah, well, but they don't care. They're not – again, they're, they're just saying things that they think will have an impact that uh, gets them to their the ends. They're not trying to be accurate. They're not intending for it to be an accurate uh, analogy. Um, I, I'm bothered by this whole – I don't like all this insurrection and storming crap uh, for obvious reasons. This was not an actual attempt at an insurrection. It was not an actual – it was riotous. Uh, it was illegal, it was trespassing, it was vandalism, it was things, <clears throat> things that are illegal, but it wasn't, they weren't seriously trying to take over the United States government. You've got to be kidding me. No, I don't believe they were either. That's ridiculous. But I, just so you know, I have used the phrase storming when referring to it, but I'll rethink that now. I don't like it because it just sounds like, it makes it sound like a war thing. I mean, did we didn't say... BLM stormed Target. We were just like, oh, look, they were roasting marshmallows by a Target fire. Who knows how that happened? I mean, <laughs> that's like, it's just it's such a double standard. I don't, I, I'm, I don't like it. But Little Ragamuffin says blocking a web address at local levels is not hard. They did it for online gaming and they do it a whole lot in China. If they don't want you to see it or use it, you won't be able to. Freedom now. Yes, go watch my video about that. But absolutely. Um, Jason says, uh, Siri, what's the definition for preamble? <laughs> okay. Um, why bother? Says, why bother? Says, you I, think one one? Of the pro- I think one of the problems is that the, most of the people give their political philosophies conclusions the same level of credence as math proofs. It's like a buffet for con men and manipulators. 
Yes. Yes. I think that's spot on. Why bother? I don't even know what that's referring to. It could have referred to something I was saying earlier. It could have referred to a couple different things we talked about. It's spot on nonetheless. It's correct. Uh, do you want to do Adam? Adam? Oh, hi, Adam. Adam says, uh, the burden of being American is that we are more comfortable than the majority of the world. Discomfort causes change. Let's get uncomfortable. I could not agree with you more. And I actually, that's one of the silver linings of this new phase that we're entering is things are about to get uncomfortable. And as we've said, uh, the Star Wars reference that Carter made, you know, as they tighten the fist. What slips through galaxies? More star or, systems. The more star systems will slip through your fingers. Yes, I and so yeah. I do think that as things become more uncomfortable, more people are going to wake up. So that's a silver lining. I hope so. Um, but it reminds me, I had a conversation with someone this weekend about that in California, and um, it was really a stark. It was really stark to me how this person has a very comfortable life in California and I was laying out all the bad things about California and how it's falling apart and why one should leave California and all the risks and it was very difficult for this person to care about those risks because they're presently comfortable and I imagined I imagined an arsenal of nuclear missiles bearing down on us and this person sitting there going but I'm enjoying my dinner um, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, they're like, but well, you know, I kind of was thinking about this as the as the purge started a couple of days ago. I was driving and I was just kind of thinking about all the normies who are are not aware of what's going on, and especially the ones who are in the the bubble, who are on the the feeding tube from the legacy media, right. and they're getting all their news. Uh, it's just like in V for Vendetta, the way the media spins everything <laughs> yes. and tells you. Know, like, That's one of my oh. favorite parts about that movie is the media. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. The, way the media is like. Uh, how are we going to tell this story and tell them what to think about it? Right. So, uh, I was thinking about all those people and, um, and just these oblivious bubbles they're in. And there's a lot of downsides of being in that oblivious bubble. I'm sure it's very nice for the time being ignorance is bliss. Right. But one of the downsides is you don't have any idea what's actually unfolding around you. And you also don't have the ability to predict what's coming because you're so, out of the loop right everything appears (laughs) when it comes it seems random and out of the blue it seems random and out of the blue and um you know much the way that in 2016 when i started waking up everything seemed out of the blue i was like what am i seeing around me because i had not been clued in for so long as to what was actually developing around me and what, what the truth of my belief system was and so it was startling to me. Like, does anyone else see this? I'm starting to see this. Like, <laughs> and I think those people are like, they're in that bubble. And, and unfortunately I think as, as things start to heat up, as the fist starts to tighten, who knows what their breaking point will be, or if they even have a breaking point. But uh, when it comes, it's going to be really shattering for them. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Uh, Carrie, your, your favorite, uh, Mephisto Xarxes, uh, uh says both in the UK and US, we have a generation of, kid adults the minds of children still in adult bodies we see it every day on twitter etc yes yeah i could not believe this person i was talking to was an adult i I... yep yep um g-man says every morning and evening i pray for the zombie apocalypse to come for us all don't pray for that (laughs) g-man 
No. It's already here. No, you're, it's already here. But by the way, you're, you know, I get that. I used to be a bit a more, I was a, I was a nihilist to some degree when I was in social justice. I understand that nihilism is what that is though. I think yeah. Chris Baker. Thank you. Chris Baker says, I'd like to recommend watching an old, uh, mystery science 3000 episode riffing a movie called the stranger stranded in space. Imagine the U S in 30 years after, or if this trend reaches its culmination. Okay. Excellent. I do like MST three K. So cool. You want to do Mandy? Uh, that just made me think about something. My church, the church on the square is going to start doing films and, hmm. and sort of like how we do book club for unsafe space. We're going to be uh, using a theater here in town to show a movie and then have a Q and a, like a monthly thing. That's fun. Which is very cool. And, um, uh, and speaking of my church, everyone's seeing this tightening, this purge happening around them. And I'm sure we've all, we all know accounts or maybe you have an account that's been banned or been limited in some way. Uh, my church has been Facebook account has been limited during the purge. They got a notice saying that their content violates the community standards, which I'm sure that very vague and open-ended non-specific, uh, authoritative statement is, is familiar to all of us by now. Uh, they weren't told what they said that violated the Bible probably standards. promotes violence in some way. But they violated community standards, and so uh, they have uh, indefinitely restricted their ability to advertise or promote them, their channel or their videos. And you're talking about, like, ID and, and this whole place where we're just – they, in order to uh, appeal it, even to initiate the appeal, my preacher was going to have to take a photo of his driver's license and other uh, IDs and stuff and submit it to Facebook. <laughs> And decided, yeah, you can appeal, but we need your social security number and we'll need to implant this tracking device under your skin. Then you can appeal and we'll reject your appeal. Yeah. And I've heard from people who I've had a lot of friends reaching out on text message, just like, what's going on now? Some of these people have been awake for a little while and some are just waking up and um, I've heard from all kinds of people. I have a friend who, uh, who, the, uh, her, her, um, I think it was her uncle's, uh, disabled veterans group, uh, just got a notice from Facebook saying they violate community standards and their group is going to come down. Like, uh, they, they're, it's, it's, it's crazy. They're going after, but see, again, this is how people wake up because they start to see it and they're like, wait a minute. Why is my horse sanctuary page coming offline? <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> like, Why are disabled okay. veterans a violation? Wow. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the, and so that's what has to happen because when it's just happening to people like, oh, well, Alex Jones, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, think, I guess he should be banned. Right. And the media comes on and tells you just like with Parler, what they're saying now is just like a V for Vendetta. The media is like, and today several uh white right-wing white supremacist hate sites were taken <laughs> offline and if you're just norming you're absorbing that content in the in the you're in the airport or whatever and you hear it on cnn and you're like oh that sounds oh, yeah, good. oh i'm glad they took the thank goodness offline. <laughs> ah, i mean i don't talk about gay frogs so there should be no concern right i'm glad they did that but then when it's it's another story when it's your uncle's like disabled veterans group right and you're like wait a minute <laughs> Right, but by then it's too late usually um yeah do you want to read mandy's super chat mandy thank you mandy says congress is so unobservant that they can't even tell who's attacking 
who is attacking them is proof that they don't have the necessary wit to ascertain the reason. Yeah, well, one thing yes. we noticed after 2016 is most people on the left did not do what Kerry did. Most people on the left did not stop and say, gee, why did Trump actually win? I don't believe this, uh, you know, flippant racism answer in Russia. There's got to be something deeper. I'm going to explore it. They just racism, Russia. They don't look for explanations. They they have the answer already, and so um, they're never going to figure out what's going on actually because they don't they don't want to look. Congress. Congress isn't uh, Barb. Hello, Barb Fillinger. Welcome. And I think we're caught up. No, no, no we Channel have more. Julio. Yeah. With the great beard, Channel Julio. Hello, sir. Says for anyone still on bookface <laughs> or recently clicked away, have you noticed that a lot of the vendors who advertise in your feed are fly by night Chinese companies, i.e., selling polyester as linen? I haven't seen that. <laughs> I haven't, but that's a good observation. Chavez Chavez, thank you for the super chat, says, what are your thoughts on native citizens of certain states having different rights from people moving to those states in the case of secession? This is an interesting question. Um, I think, uh, well, like, for example, let me throw out an idea. Like in Texas, for example, where we have a lot of Californians moving here. They're still coming. What if, what if, and and people are moving here because um, they like the uh, conditions better, but then they want to change the conditions, right? Um, so, for example, if you have no uh, state income tax, right, as a Texan, what if what if you had to live here for five years before that takes effect? Huh? Would it dissuade people from coming? Are they willing to stick out the five years? I don't know if that would do what enough. Do of- uh, yeah, well, I just want to clarify on rights. People have rights irrespective of the state. So rights are natural. So you have rights. Um, so I don't like the re- use of the word rights in there. That sounds a little bit nitpicky, but I want to be clear about it because you have the right to freedom of speech even if you're in China. They just don't recognize it. Um, so, I, look, I'm not about universal suffrage. So, I mean... I, if Texas told me you can come here but you can't vote, maybe even your kids can't vote, your grandkids can vote as a Texan. I'd be like, all right, I don't care. I don't. I don't need to vote for a couple generations. That's. I don't care. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> I think the big threat you have with people moving from other states is not rights that they have necessarily. It's the culture that they bring with them. Um, and. Yeah. I'm not sure how to – I mean voting is one way you can impact whether or not people – you know, h- how much they can influence the culture because at least they can't vote in a particular way if you don't – if you deny them the right to vote. But uh, I I don't think that's really enough. I mean if you bring a bunch of <clears throat> woke Berkeleyites to to Dallas, I don't think it matters that they can't vote. Um, they'll still have set up all of their activism networks and everything else. So I don't know what the, I don't know what the, um, solution for that is Caesar, Caesar, or sorry, Chavez, Chavez, I was going to call you Caesar Chavez, Chavez, Chavez. Uh, but I will say 
I think it's a concern. If I were Texas, for example, I would be concerned about the people flocking to my state, and I would specifically be concerned about preserving the uh, the culture of of my state, the political environment, and the culture generally. And I don't know what the answer is, but. By the way, uh, I just want to clarify for because I see a lot of comments in the chat, like uh, from people who have either moved to Texas from California or who are planning on moving here. PC waves to carry in California, an immigrant to Texas. Uh, they're moving from Boston, etc. I am an immigrant to Texas. If anyone's new, from I, California. I am a, <laughs> yeah, I originally I'm from South Carolina, but I lived in Los Angeles for about 15 years. And so I came here via California. I moved here about four years ago, five years ago almost. And um, and I actually don't have – look, the, the migration is happening whether we like it or not. Um, I am – because it's happening, I'm very encouraging of people who share a belief in individualism and liberty and um, – uh, small government. I'm very excited about those people coming here because I want them to balance out the waves of people coming here who want to come here and change Texas. That, right. And that's happening. So if you um, share our beliefs, we don't have to agree on um, a lot. All we have to agree on is uh, liberty, individualism, free speech. You're welcome <laughs> to come here. In my, I will roll out the red carpet for you personally. <laughs> we could make so. Carrie the uh, the immigration the chief immigration officer mm. for Texas. Maybe that would solve some problems. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to start advocating. I know we talk about a lot on unsafe space, like uh, like minded people moving to a geographic area to be close to one another and building up community. And um, Carter's been talking about if he ever gets to leave California, where it is that he might go. Well, I hope it is Texas, close to me. And I would encourage you guys, I can, if anybody wants to message me, off, if you're thinking of moving here and you want to email me, uh, speak at unsafespace.com. It will get forwarded to me. And uh, I'm happy to tell you what I think about living here and, um, you know. Yeah. Move you along. Um, all right. Let's do why bother. Why bother says actually why SGWs are not fighting for equalizing the term con man. Why are SGWs not fighting for equalizing the term con man? Where are thousand comment long Reddit threads for normalizing term con person? <laughs> I don't know where those threads are. Uh, that's a great point. Little Ragamuffin says adulting is hard. Uh, Mandy, the Russian bot says a woman to carry and her church. Uh, a, a woman. Oh, a woman. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, this is the new term. Uh, oh channel- my gosh, there's somebody here from my little huh? town, from the Red Poppy. Hi, hi, Lisa. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> channel Julio says I'm okay with calling history her story if we start calling heritage himitage. Ah, <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. I think the next one is, is it Keith the Hack Guy? Yes. The next one is Keith the Hack Guy. He says, the trouble with the world is that the stupid and cocksure, our cocksure and the intelligent are full of doubt, which is a Bertrand Russell quote. Um, that's kind of like the, the Dunning-Kruger effect. If you guys don't know a lot about that, you you should read up on it. It's, it's really interesting. They basically found through these series of studies that 
the people who are like kind of average intelligence or a little bit above, a little bit above average that they highly, they usually tend to overestimate their own intelligence and to underestimate the intelligence of other people. Whereas the, the people who are actually very high IQ, like the outliers tend to underestimate their own intelligence, but maybe because they're smart enough to realize that they're not how much they don't know. Right. And then they over inflate the intelligence of others. Wasn't Dunning, am I, am I, uh, uh, I, I don't know if Dunning Kruger was about IQ. I think it was about expertise in a particular field. I think it was limited to like, if, if you're not an expert in, in basket weaving, you tend to underestimate the amount of work that goes into basket weaving. But if you're an expert at basket weaving, you tend to overestimate or whatever. I think it was, I thought it was, I thought it was specific skills, not oh, generalized about, IQ, but I'm, I don't recall. I think you're right. Actually, it is about uh, lower ability. Yeah, but it's a, it, it, yeah, an ability in a domain. Um, domain expertise, I guess, is the, the phrase. Domain expertise. For. That's really, but it's very interesting. Um, I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you one more study I was reading about recently, which you probably heard about this one. Carter, have you read about the Ash conformity experiments? Um, I know about some conformity experiments, but the name of that one doesn't ring a bell, so I don't know if I know it. So I I was watching a documentary about the Heaven's Gate cult recently on, I think it's on HBO. It's called uh, Heaven's Gate, the Cult of Cults. But this part was very interesting, and and then I went and read about the, the experiments where they were trying to, they were trying to measure, like, what is it? They were trying to understand are humans um, a desire to conform mm-hmm. to whatever's popular around them. And so they gave, they took these groups of people and they would show them a picture with, with lines on it. And they would say, identify the longest line. So there would be a line. Oh, that's very I have long. seen this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> seen this? Okay. Yeah, keep going though. It's and great. So, okay. And so here's what's fascinating. They had in these groups and some of these groups, they would have everybody there at the table, like maybe six or seven people. And they would all be in on it except for one person that that person would be last. And they would have them go down the line and tell which line was longer. And they, they would tell, they would pick the shortest line. They would pick the wrong, what was clearly the, not the longest line. They would say that one's longer. And then at, when it got to the last person who wasn't in on it, they were like looking at what everyone else picked. And do you know that something like, over 30% of the time, people would just go along with what everybody else said. And they would pick the obviously shorter line and say it was longer because everybody else did. There are five and lights. It, <laughs> yeah. And at least um, 75% of the people chose the wrong line at least once. 75%. And they found that, um, well, I mean, obviously, if you do the math, then only 25% of the people never chose the wrong line, no matter what everyone else did only only a quarter of all people did not conform right um and not kind of i mean it's fascinating 98 percent of those are kicked off of twitter (laughs) 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 and those people's parlor accounts were just deleted this just in (laughs) yeah parlor's been deleted they were deleted for teddy violence (laughs) are you gonna do your high uh level i will i will uh Okay. Uh, we'll do a really high level thing. I, there's a couple more super chats, but I, we're, we can keep going on super chats forever if we don't if we don't stop and do this. So, um, just as really high level for those who weren't paying attention, everyone knows Trump was banned from uh, Twitter, and uh, Team Trump was banned from Twitter, and they they ran over to Parler. Now, Parler, 
I know a lot of people in our community love Parler. I've always kind of found it a little bit janky, so I don't really, I don't really like it. But it's your own personal choice. I support alternative platforms. I have a friend who's uh, on the exec team at Parler, so great. Good, good luck with Parler. I hope that works out. Um, however, uh, immediately after uh, Team Trump went over to Parler, you saw a lot of people. I don't know if they were leaving Twitter, but they they either adding Parler accounts in addition to Twitter or leaving Twitter and going to Parler instead, um, kind of following him en masse. And I think on Saturday it was like something like 1.5 million signups or something ridiculous, right? Um, was it Saturday? Maybe Friday, Saturday, something around that time frame. But of course, uh, Google, the Google Store. Uh, so you know, there's basically two major phone operating systems: Google and iOS, the Apple Apple system. And so, if you want to have an app on the Google phone, on any phone that runs Google's operating system, Android, uh, you need to go through the Google Store. I think there's probably ways to get around it, but for normies, they go through the Google Store. So the Google Store banned Parler uh, from the phone. Now, uh, as I mentioned in the video that I made um, and that I released this morning. Like 80% of social media traffic is over mobile. So that's a pretty devastating thing to do to a company. So they banned it. Apple then turned around and said, well, you've got 24 hours to implement your own ministry of truth. And if you don't, we're banning you. And then they banned. Then they banned anyway. Uh, and by the way, mm-hmm. let me just jump in here for a second. Parler does have a TOS. And they do. There, there are things that are beyond the, the pale for Parler that they remove. Yeah, like sure. any of these platforms. And and we I will say this, if you've been watching us for a while, we've been covering these these uh accelerations of the purge before this current acceleration over the past two years. And there's a blueprint for all of this. They did all of this with Gab and they made Gab jump through all these hoops and Apple would say, Well, you gotta remove this, and then Gab would do it. Well, you gotta remove it and then you gotta remove the it. And yeah. it's double standard because they don't make Twitter do that stuff. I think Gab uh, has but, been but, off oh. of Apple and Google for I think one of them they were kicked off in 2016 and the other one 2017, something like that. Gab's not been on mobile devices yeah, but for they, a while. My point is they've already got a blueprint for what they're doing. They yep. did all of this to Gab. Yep. So uh, so, they, so they did that. So that's bad enough. And then what they did was uh, then the real death knell happened. And I don't think Parler will come back from this personally um, at all. It might. <clears throat> I hope they do. Uh so when you build a website, you often use hosting services to do to kind of manage your servers. And for a bunch of technical reasons I don't want to get into, it's very difficult to do otherwise. You basically, there's a few different service providers. Um, and one of the major, most popular ones is Amazon Web Services, AWS, well, which I've, I've used before. And it's, there's a lot of tools. Everyone write, there's lots of people write stuff for AWS. It's, it's the way to do something. It's one one of the major ways. Well, Parler was using AWS, and Amazon announced that they were going to kick Parler off at midnight on Sunday, so like a few hours ago. And they did. So Parler is gone. Uh, that's that's they're they're gone. Parler's gone. Uh, now, of course, they'll try and get back. Uh, but I believe I haven't checked this morning. But if you here, I'll check right now while we're talking. If you navigate to parlor.com, it prob it probably doesn't it, they may have put up a splash page somewhere, but it probably doesn't uh doesn't give you the full site. Uh can't can't be reached. 
<laughs> so they didn't even bother to put up a splash page with a message, which, you know, maybe they should have done. So, uh, so it's dead. And, uh, and that's kind of the high level of what's happened. And, and I go into some details about how companies can do this generally and censor you in the video that I had this morning. But the other thing that I want to talk about with Parler, and I don't know if you saw this, Carrie, is so mm-hmm. when, when AWS, Google, and Amazon all, sorry, when AWS, Google, and Apple all blacklisted Parler, of course, smaller companies and other service providers, other partners ditched them as well because, of course, everyone's afraid. They don't. You, no one wants to be on Apple, Google, and Amazon's blacklist. I mean, that's not a list. That's not a list you can survive on as a tech business. So, they started jumping ship as well, and they all abandoned Parler almost almost immediately. And one of the services that abandoned Parler was Twilio. Now, Twilio, and this, again, I'm not trying to be technical, but this is important. Twilio provides uh, some of the authentication stuff, like when you type in your password and they handle usernames and password and like two-factor authentication, like texting you or whatever. Now, Parler, and this is Parler's fault. I'm not throwing Parler under the bus. I'm just being honest. Parler, Parler did a crappy, crappy, the worst possible job ever on security. Um, mm. What they did was they wrote a system that when Twilio failed, defaulted to open access. Instead of shutting you down, what should happen when, 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 they, when you try and log in, if Twilio's not responding, if Twilio's not there, if it's not working, what should happen is you just get locked out. You can't, you can't access anything. That's the secure answer. However, when Twilio announced in a press release that they were ditching Parler, Twilio also revealed their hand. They revealed what services Parler was using for Twilio. And I'm going to show you something. This is pretty disturbing. This is why I think Parler will not come back ever. Let's take a look at what some hackers did. Oh, I heard about this. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but a group of developers um, latched onto the press release that Twilio put out. Twilio put out, and they realized, uh, without reading all this, I guess I guess I won't, the main the main person here that's coordinating this is Crash Override, which is uh, at donk underscore nb on on Twitter. Uh, what they realized was that Twilio was or Parler was incorrectly using Twilio so that um, when you couldn't log in, when Twilio went down, when Twilio dis- disconnected from them, you uh, it defaulted to letting people basically reset passwords and get administrative access to Parler. And so this person, this hacker, Crash Override, you can go through her tweets here. She talks all about all the stuff that she's done. Obviously, these people are on the left and hate Parler, so they're doing this out of spite. They downloaded everything that was ever uploaded, basically, to Parler. It's, it, I don't think they have driver's licenses and that kind of secure information, at least according to the attacker. They didn't make that public. I don't know if it means they got it but didn't make it public. 
Oh, because I heard they did have driver's license. They might have it. They they might very well have it. So here, here's this tweet. Since a lot of people seem confused about this detail and there is a bullshit Reddit post going around, the only things that were available publicly – only things that were available publicly via the web were archived. I don't have – your email addresses, phone, or credit card numbers unless you posted it yourself on Parler. Um, now, I don't know if it means they didn't get them or or they just had them and didn't archive them. But what they've done is they've made this Parler archive. They've got roughly, what, 56.7 terabytes worth of data. Um, and they've got everyone's Parler information. They've basically archived the entire entire parlor website and of course they're running around gleefully saying uh you know we've got the nazi database basically oh um, my gosh right? we can we can see everything that they've been doing on <sighs> parlor. um so these people are psychopaths they are uh, like they are the nazis how do you <laughs> not are. how do you how are you so unmoored that you don't you can't see when you're behaving like a Nazi are you is it just that you don't have the historical knowledge or context to understand what it is you're doing or you're just I think I think it's partially that but I think it's also that you're just you're so unmoored and so ungrounded yeah you can't you you don't you don't you're not even in touch with yourself or what you're doing or what your behaviors are your behaviors are Nazi behaviors you are dehumanizing people who disagree with you and calling them all Nazis, all 70 something million Trump voters, I guess, presumably all conservatives, I guess, presumably all liberals and progressives who didn't vote the way you wanted them to. They're all Nazis now. Yep. And what have you said we can do to Nazis? You know, you, you are behaving like a Nazi. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, the hacker community is generally left leaning. Um, so you had... Um, I'm just looking at Twitter now. Real, real OG anonymous basically immediately tweeted out, uh, breaking due to Twilio cutting services with parlor. There is no phone verification or two factor authentication active. You can enter random digits and register, have fun. No email verification is required. Either the floodgates are open everyone. So they all, they created thousands of administrative accounts so they could quickly download as much information as they could. Um, and, uh, that's where we are. And I, I, the reason I think it's important is I know a lot of people get excited about social media stuff, but just because someone isn't Facebook or Twitter doesn't mean they're doing a good job with your security. And, you know, I, you can't sue Parler for this because you're not a customer. And frankly, they're going to be dead now anyway. Um, so just be aware. Be aware. But unfortunately, I think Parler's dead. I'd, I'd like Parler to come back. But uh, I think that's it. I don't know if you noticed, Twitter stock did fall pretty drastically after they banned Trump. Um, I heard that. But yeah, it looks like last I checked. Let me look. Last I checked, I think they're kind of recovering. Um, yeah, they haven't recovered completely, but almost. So let's see. Yeah, they were they on Friday. Yeah, they're. They're recovered. They're recovered, basically. Uh, they're they're down. They're down 7% on... No, yeah, they're down 7% on the day still. Gonna, Never mind. It'll rebound. Um, yeah. I have to take a quick 
break. Okay, I'm going to read some super chats uh, while you're gone. But I'm, I'm going to the ladies' room. I will be back. Okay. I'll read some super chats while Carrie is in the ladies' room. Uh, usually she says something more obtuse than that, so you can't figure out where she's going. Uh, Sasse, Sasse, Sass Marie says, I am now happy. I never had a Twitter account and deleted Facebook years ago. Had kept me sane and open-minded. Good for you. Mephisto... Uh, uh, Xarxes says, first saw carry on FNT, Friday Night Tights. You deserve more viewers and subs. What plans do you have in place if the purge comes for you? Well, uh, we are working on what to do. We don't have the resources to kind of rebuild anything uh, from scratch that can compete with YouTube. Uh, but we are on library. We are uploading our stuff to both library and BitChute. So when we go away on YouTube, in the meantime, we'll be putting stuff up there, but they don't live stream. So one of our one of our goals for this year is to kind of work on, behind the scenes, work on some tech that allows us to do some live streaming, possibly from our own website uh, or someone else, somewhere else, so that we can uh, kind of continue. But it's not going to be easy. Um, it's not going to be easy, and we'll take a hit. But we're not planning on them not coming for us. So, Byron Tomsky says, Cuomo tweeted that we, quote, ooh, I just, while I was reading your thing, Pirate Tomsky, it went away. Well, I don't know what he said anymore. <laughs> Sorry. YouTube just refreshed the screen without my consent. And Byron Tomsky said something, and I'm sure it was brilliant. Uh, the gay rascal writes, Cervix, what about Hervix, Himvix, and Themvix? That's a great question, gay rascal. I don't know. What about what about them? Inside of the Ages says, Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they are doing about a dumb government-controlled mob crying for his death. Feels like today. Yeah. I'd rather not get crucified, but appreciate yeah. it. Uh, I just wanted to hop, hop in and say that um, it's not just parlor. You know, like I said, we've seen this before with Gab. Right. Um, and, and now, uh, it's also on, I haven't, haven't checked this one out yet, but people are telling me Wimkin, Wimkin is another Facebook alternative and that Wimkin has been taken offline. Hmm. Um, MeWe, as far as I know, MeWe is still up, but, um, it, come on guys, it's a matter of time before they come for MeWe. Do you think they're going to let any, any competitor, no, any competitor have a chance of survival? No. They're going to tar them in the press. They're going to use the Gab uh, blueprint on all of them. Tar them in the press. Call them alt alt right. Call them all these names so that people are afraid to go there, and and normies are afraid to go there, and especially people on the left are afraid to go there because oh, it's an alt right place. They're lying about that. Um, and then just to put the hammer in, you know, if that's not enough, they use then they use the media those lies that the media spreads. They work in collusion, guys. Then they use that big social uses legacy media's lies as justification to completely take these places down. And then what do they have the support of the political elite? So, no, I don't, I don't know if me, we has an app, but, uh, yeah, I, I assume they'll take all this stuff. They'll take all this stuff down. Someone says, um, parlor will have to build, buy and build their own infrastructure. It takes time. It's not just that. Uh, Someone else says AWS is a cloud service. Cloud service is just another company with computers. Uh, not exactly. I mean, yes, a bare bones cloud service is just a company with computers. But when you're using something like AWS, you have an entire 
library of tools that have been written that rely on AWS that really facilitate making your website. If you have to build all of that from scratch, you can do it. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's not possible. It's cost prohibitive. It's just expensive. It takes time. Um, and, you know, we can say, well, Parler just has to rebuild all this stuff. It'll take time. Well, time is money, right? I mean, yeah. how long time can Parler bleed money building stuff uh, to replace AWS? Not infinitely. So at some point, they will run out of money, uh, I imagine. I Again, hope not. But someone else writes something that uh, I, I referenced on Twitter actually the other day as a joke, but I'm kind of secretly hoping it's true. They wrote, Destiny writes, SpaceX will be the solution to AWS and Azure. I hope so. I mean, Elon Musk is putting up satellites with internet access. So I actually do know a guy. I know a guy who is putting servers into space. Um, So theoretically, you could build an entirely separate infrastructure, I guess, in space. But again, it depends who owns it. Um, you know, owning your own satellite network is probably not cheap. I haven't looked into it, but I, I imagine it's outside of the budget of many startup companies trying to compete with Facebook. <laughs> uh, by the way, Tatiana says, hello, Tatiana. I, this is not a super chat. I just wanted to read it. She says, go to Gab, everyone. Seriously, they have their own servers now. They are committed to fighting this. Um, I have a Gab account. I haven't used it in ages. I'm, you're right. I should probably pull that one back up now, but uh, because they've already been through this, they've been through it a while. They've developed their own servers, so you know, the yeah. thing about Gab is because they were so effectively and thoroughly smeared in the legacy media, it's hard for them to shake off that stench that got done to them. Um, and somebody else says in in the chat, I, I I can't find it now, but this was not a super chat. Just somebody said something about how they think. A lot of the uh, – oh, here it is. Daniel Keene says, I truly believe that a lot of the blatant racist people on the, the new sites are operatives from the F, from Facebook and Twitter to create the illusion of hateful content. Um, that may be true. There may be some people like that. But I also believe it just – it whenever you have a, a new site open up that it says they're going to protect free speech – who are going to be the first people that go there? What's well, going to be the undesirables, the first people who were kicked off other platforms before the purge went mainstream? So you are going to get extremists there at the beginning. You will get extremists there, of course. Yeah. Um, that is not the entirety of the platform, and that's not who the platform is built for. And um, you know, I was I when I first joined Gab, I joined under a pseudonym. I was called uh, I think I was called former SJW for a while, but I was like trying to bring help bring other liberals over because it's like you know this is a place for liberals too and i was talking about this this uh morning in my interview with, with honey badger radio that um this dude i was talking to brian he was saying you know he's got all these new alt- accounts on alternative platforms but uh the problem is because the media has done such a good job in smearing them that uh people on the left are afraid of going there and it sucks because he's like Part of the the I don't want to speak to an echo chamber of people who agree with me. I want right. to speak to a variety of people, and I want to hear from a variety of people. And that's what's great about free speech is having a place where people can disagree, and uh, people who actually want to engage in conversations and in disagreements and in understand opposing viewpoints better. Um, he's like, I'm going to ride these old platforms to the wheels fall off, and that's kind of been my attitude about it too. Is that you know, uh, I am doing posts now on MeWe and I was doing them on Parlor until it came down. But um, 
I'm still doing them on Facebook and Twitter because that's where all of my friends on the left still are. And they're afraid and they're they don't either they don't believe the purge is happening because they're in their own echo chamber or they're misguided. And they're the kind of clueless people I've talked about who don't who don't really have good historical context and they don't understand what's happening. And they're probably like catching the news and going, oh, I'm glad they got rid of these right wing people (laughs) like not, you know, they're not even paying attention. And um, uh, and I want to talk to I want to have dialogue with people. That's we, the problem with the social justice left and the reason one of the, there's a lot of problems with it, but one problem is that it is an echo chamber of where everyone agrees with you like a cult. And I don't want to just be in some other kind of echo chamber, culty or not. I don't want to be in another echo chamber. I want to have diverse points of view in my feed and, and, that's the way that you uh, check yourself. That's the way you keep yourself in check is by having people who disagree. Carter and I disagree on a lot. Um, you will find in our community, if you're new here uh, and you're on the left, there are people on the right in our community. There are people on the left. There are non-voters. There are Trump voters. There are um, Bernie voters. I'm, I know for a fact we have some Biden voters, believe it or not. Uh, there are people of different viewpoints. There's atheists and Christians, and that's the kind of place that's that is that is what is healthy for you is to and for all of us is to be around people who challenge us and um you know Jordan Peterson as as I may have said it in this one I'm confusing now this 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 conversation with the interview I did earlier but he talked about the point of a good conversation is where is one in which you are trying to genuinely understand the other person better even if you still disagree with them, but but you want to understand what they actually believe and are saying instead of having some caricature or straw man of what they believe and getting it wrong and saying, I disagree with this and going and attacking this thing that they don't even believe in. Like you want to understand them better and you also want to, you want to articulate yourself as clearly as possible so they understand you, even if they still disagree with you. And, you know, that... I feel like I feel like we're in elementary school right now having to talk about why it's important to hear it from different people. Like this is how far we've um, regressed as a country. We're like we actually have to make arguments on behalf of of trying to have better understanding and to have dialogue and discussion. We're making arguments right now. We're having to make arguments on why censorship is bad. Yes, we are. And, yes, we are. Gosh. Um, and that, I mean, you know, anyway. Jordan's uh, description of a conversation is why they don't happen on social media generally. <laughs> like they're, It's pretty hard to do those yeah. things on social media, but... Because it's just people want to be right. They're yeah. using conversation just as a means to be, I'm right, no, I'm well, right, it's, yeah, I'm it's, right. Uh, because it's public... <laughs> It's um, it's almost a form of self-advertisement. Every conversation, no conversation is really private. So it's in front of everyone and you're just trying to show show off in front of everyone. Everything's a stage at that point. And it's hard to have a genuine conversation with someone on a stage. You can do it. Um, they both have to be invested in it. But well, Well, speaking of, here's a super chat. I'll read it out of order. Human Kirk just gave us. And says, why do we need a competitor to Facebook and Twitter? Those aren't because those are not high value interactions. Do you recall a good online conversation with a stranger? Well, actually, I'll answer this. I have had a few good online conversations on those platforms. I have. They are few and far between, but I have had them. Um, A lot of times if I approach uh, somebody who's um, 
you know, disagreeing with me, even if they're hostile at the beginning, if I really take the effort and I, and I approach them in good faith, even if they're engaging in bad faith, um, maybe one time out of 20, we will have a good conversation. Um, most of the time they are not primed for it. They are going to continue operating in bad faith, but sometimes, sometimes it has worked and that's been really beautiful and amazing. Um, so, yeah. All right. Um, Tarmanel, uh, says, thanks for the good job. By the way, when I subscribe on your website, I was amused by the sentence. Yep. We added you to our email list. You'll hear from us shortly. I don't even remember writing that sentence, but okay. <laughs> Can be threat. <laughs> If we sent by Google, that's true. It would sound like a threat if it was not intended as a threat. <laughs> we don't actually use our email address very much. Um, You'll be hearing. Also, Paratomsky is telling us what he said in Super Chat last time, I think, which is that Cuomo said that they need to open up New York City now for the economy. Huh. If only someone could have told him that beforehand. I wonder mm. if only there was some kind of prognosticator who told them that this was a bad idea. I'm sure there's no one around who's ever said anything like that. Uh, is it is it considered okay? It's a legacy media and the, the the political elite, do they think it's okay to talk about the economy now and how the economy is directly related to people's lives and how people are doing? Are we okay to talk about that again? Because I've been told since March that if we talk about the economy that we want people to die when it couldn't be further from the truth. Well, he, I, I guess what you're saying, Carrie, is that Cuomo now wants people to die. And that's the headline that we should lead with. <laughs> <laughs> Governor Cuomo wants people to die. If, if, the, if, the, if the New York Times treated Cuomo like they treat Trump, that would be, that would be the headline. Cuomo wants people to die. To die. <laughs> um, uh, Andrew Joyner. Andrew Joyner. No, got it. Says they still got dad jokes and whinging old bastards on Facebook. So there is hope. <laughs> oh yeah, there are still dad jokes on on Andrew I, I, on uh, on Facebook. I'm not sure about that second category of jokes, but okay. Oh, making fun of old people. Oh, okay. <laughs> but by the way, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, even. Even when conversations – because I just said this whole thing about conversations being on stage in front of everyone and that being a problem, which I agree with. But even text privately is very difficult to have a connecting conversation with because so much of our communication is in body language that it's lost so much. I mean how many of you have – I'm sure you've done this, Carrie. I have. I've gotten into an argument with someone over text messages just because we were both reading in tone that wasn't there, that would never have happened in the first place at all if we were just talking. Never. Do you remember? Okay, so let me tell you guys. Carter and I got into a, a text message fight once. Yes. And and he I, like, oh my god, I'm just at a diner, like on vacation. I said something. I, it got bad. He got so mad, and then I told him he was being grumpy pants, and I used the emojis of pants <laughs> and totally angry face. It. And it, it broke the spell because yeah. then he saw the emoji. Was like, okay. Yeah, yeah, Carrie, that was awesome. That was, that was brilliant. She broke the spell because I was like, she texted me pants. <laughs> Such an angry pants. But it, that's the kind of thing that we would not have gotten mad at each other if it was just a conversation. Um, right. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Sarah Tar, I guess is how you pronounce it. Sarah Tar says, Carter, would a VPN bypass if an ISP blocks 
IP addresses. No. Um, well, it it depends on the situation, I guess. If your ISP at home blocks you from visiting Parler, you could go to you could tunnel through it on a VPN and go to Parler that way. So yes, but if if they are if they're doing something like what China would do censorship wise, it's not really going to help. So people in China use VPNs to bypass China's censors, but that's so that they can get out to the rest of the world. If you can't get out because the world you're in is uh, censored, then there's kind of no place to go to get out. Um, but I don't want to get too technical on, but it, it maybe the answer is maybe it depends. There's lots of ways for them to block you though, uh, or to try to block you. And it can be a cat and mouse game. And I do think ultimately if you're technically savvy, there is no way they can stop you from getting to parlor except for that. If parlor only works for people who are technically savvy enough to get there, no matter what they're doing, it will be not in business because not enough people can do that. So they'll block you by putting it out of business. That's what they'll do. That's what they'll do. Why bother? Thank you. Why bother says today we have to explain why censorship is bad. <laughs> and tomorrow we will have to explain why a toilet is better than a pee corner. <laughs> <laughs> is this where we're heading? Yes. Uh, and the next day we'll have to explain why bread lines are bad. Um, okay. Yeah. This is the new world. Get ready. Zato. This is not a super chat, but Zato just gave you a pants emoji, which makes me laugh. Uh, Roger Haynes says, I agree on the echo chamber point, Carrie. If you and Carter never argued, I probably wouldn't learn as much. Well, cool. It means that even our most embarrassing arguments <laughs> have meaning. <laughs> Guess you would, Roger. Sorry, that was... <laughs> uh, Tatiana, my dear, there she is. She says, with how I see things going, I've never wanted to be more wrong. Gosh, okay. Can we talk about that for a second? A lot of times when you're talking in descriptive language... Like you're describing how you see things unfolding or why things are happening or what you see coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, people mistake that for, for prescriptive language where you're saying these, this is what should happen or this is what I yep. want to happen. And, and they don't understand the difference. And and so I think uh, I think you're making an excellent point there. A lot of the things I think are happening and I talk about it happening. Uh, I wish I were wrong. <laughs> I would like to be proven wrong. Uh, Tatiana says, with how things are going, I never wanted to be more wrong. I got laughed at by someone on MeWe for mentioning genocide. Talk about not knowing history. By the way, thanks for all the love the other day. Oh, we all love you, Tatiana. And yeah, people who laugh at the possibility of of bloody unrest down the road from where we're at right now um, have not studied history and or at the at the most they just have broad they just have the broad strokes and they probably have an inability of of understanding that history is something that happens to those who are um in standing still like we are in the middle of history right now and i think sometimes people remove themselves they're like these are all the things that happened that are bad that can't happen again mm, mm, no i don't think you history even need to know that much about history to like <laughs> there was a lot of death <laughs> last century yeah there was there's a lot of democide there was a lot of governments killing their own citizens so to suggest that that's something that could happen in the united states is not beyond the pale i mean of of course it's something that could happen it could happen anywhere um so 
yeah, I I think it's just complacency and that humans are very good at doing this. And this is what this is why I think a lot of people push back on me for being a pessimist. I'm not a pessimist. I'm optimistic about like doing this. I'm trying to save the values that built Western civilization. This is what I'm doing. But I, I do try and have a realistic outlook. And a lot of people view that as pessimism because they don't want it to be true. Like just because you don't like the description of the world doesn't mean that that description is inaccurate. Bad things can happen. Governments can kill their people. Civil wars can start. Unrest can happen. There's nothing magical about the United States where that thing can't happen. People aren't – we're not somehow like a different species of people than the people in 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 the Soviet Union or <laughs> Cuba or communist they, China. We're not. But these people set themselves apart. They look at something like Nazi Germany, for example, and they – put themselves on this intellectual um, high ground, this moral high ground, moral high ground that they don't, they haven't earned. They look back at something like that and say, how could those people have gone along with that? I never would have done that. You're doing it right now. You are doing it right now. And you're too blind to see it. You're going along with it right now. You're going along with the same, the root of the behavior of the, the human behavior that caused Um, Nazi Germany, the good Germans who just kept quiet and went along with whatever was happening. You're doing it while you ignore these purges. Right. And which is why these purges happen because people like you ignore it. Because you're ignoring (laughs) it. You're a good German. You're doing it right now. Right. Um, uh, Cowboy Carpentry? Cowboy. Oh, oh, Cowgirl Carpentry. Mm -hmm. I know you. Uh, Gives us a super chat and says, Thanks for a few moments of sanity. I feel like I've been taking crazy pills. Yeah. We are living in a time. I know I've, I've quoted this before, but um, you know that St. Anthony quote? I know Tatiana knows it. Um, I'm going to mangle it. It's about there will come a time when, when men will go mad. Okay, here we go. This is it. <clears throat> a time is coming when men will go mad. And when they see someone who is not mad, they will attack him saying, you are mad. You are not like us. And I think about that quote a lot lately because we are living in such crazy times and um, it does feel like sometimes if you're if you're not on the if you're not taking the crazy pills with everyone else, if you're not getting the propaganda drip every day that you're sort of like I'm being made to feel like I'm the crazy one. <laughs> you guys. Um, anyway, thanks for joining us, Cowgirl Carpentry. Wait, can I can I, uh, I was Bigel- thinking about something. I, yeah. I, yeah. Just. I'm, this thought's still forming, so I apologize if it's not really well formed. But you were talking about how you like these people. They are the people that are letting this happen. They are the people that are not saying anything. And here's what I would challenge everyone to do: I would challenge you to be a realist with yourself and to step back objectively and say, "What evidence do?" You, so we know some things about human behavior. We read um, the book. Well, what was it? What was the book about the the Nazi ordinary men? Ordinary men. We read ordinary men. We've seen how ordinary people can be used uh, can can do horrible, horrible things. We've seen that, so we know what human nature is capable of. What evidence do you have based on your behavior that you stand up when pressured socially? And if you can't think of anything, if you haven't been vilified by a mob or attacked by people, 
on Twitter or Facebook and you spend time there, if you haven't been ostracized in any way ever by anyone, if no one's ever accused you of some form of wrong think and said that you were an outcast or tried to make you an outcast, you are part of the problem. You have, you have, there's zero evidence that you've exercised any muscle necessary for standing up against authoritarianism. You would likely be the person in the Ash conformity experiment yes. who picks the shorter line and says it's the longer line because everyone else is doing it. And you know what? But, but they've deluded themselves that they are – social justice people have deluded themselves where – again, remember, these are the people who think that white supremacy is everywhere. Right. White supremacy, which is such a laughable belief system – by the way, it is. It is getting more popular in the past four years because of you guys. But it it was to the point – it was to the point of marginalization where – the Klan couldn't hold uh, – they couldn't do a parade without everyone correctly mocking them. Right. <laughs> and and I, I was talking about this with Brian on Honey Badger Radio this morning. But they were, they were having to go on Maury Povic where we could all laugh at them as the clown show that they are because they are so not the mainstream, okay? But this is – social justice has convinced people that, they, oh, it's every – white supremacy is everywhere. And meanwhile, that they are somehow the resistance. You're not the resistance – McDonald's sponsors you, you know, Amazon, all these major corporations, uh, uh, Procter and Gamble, Gillette, they're all speaking your belief system. You're not, it's not the resistance brought to you by Starbucks. Like you guys are not the, you haven't resisted shit. <laughs> you are out there. You know what? You're putting up your black square on blackout. To, you're going along with BLM, a Marxist racist organization that is all about the destruction of the black family. Family, you're going along with stuff like that at a social pressure. You would be sitting there picking the shorter line in the Ash Conformity experiment. That's exactly who right. you are. It's exactly because you want to think, well, this is popular right now, and I want to be one of the good guys, and these are the good guys, and that's what you're doing. Yeah. And like Carter saying, like, take a second, take a second and think. Like, when have you ever faced social ostracization for for spouting what is the mainstream ideology? Well, have you or have right you done now? anything Quit. to garner ed- enemies? I'm, I'm remembering now about it was probably it was 20 years ago. I wrote an article on Capitalism magazine called In Defense of Enemies. Um, and it was yeah. about this idea that if you don't have enemies, you don't stand for anything. Um, because the minute you stand up and stand for anything, right or wrong, it doesn't matter what it is, someone will oppose you. <laughs> the only people without enemies are kind of like borderless jellyfish that just kind of bleh, conform to whatever's around them because they're not standing for anything. So no one cares. No one's your enemy. No one's angry at you. No one dislikes what you're saying because you don't matter. You don't say anything. You're never going to be in the way. You're never going to be a problem. Uh, and if that's you, if you're never a problem and you never have any enemies, well, you're the ordinary man. <laughs> you're the one who's going to be at the uh, business end of a or showing someone the business end of a rifle during the the revolution, thinking that I'm just huh. I'm just following orders. I'm just following orders, guys. It's just a private company, guys. I know it's a gulag, but it's owned by Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give credit. I can't remember who said somebody said that in one of my threads. They were like, these, these, this new kind of like 
the authoritarian woke left, they would be defending gulags as long as it was owned by Amazon. <laughs> it's a private guy. It's a private company. Gulag guys, they can do what they want. It reminds me of uh, the title of Michael Brechtenwald's book, The Google Archipelago, which is a great, a great book. Oh, great! great. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, just an FYI, Carter, I have a a, a um, repairman who's going to be here in about eight minutes, so I have to leave. Well, soon. Tell him. So tell him to FYI. just shut up and listen. He'll learn something. <laughs> Mr. Beagles <clears throat> says, interested to see if bootleg CDs and floppy disks loaded with traditional liberalism articles and non-PC comedy starts being traded by school kids behind the backs of their diversity officer overlords. <laughs> I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. Gonna be- they're going to ban books because books aren't subject to uh, <laughs> categorization by AIs and censorship. They are- They are pushing. There is a coordinated effort by those who believe in social justice ideology to eradicate yes, classics from the young adult yeah. section, from schools. Okay, so and the way they're doing it is they're they've already told you that white men are bad. So now they're saying, well, these books are a lot of these books are written by white men, so we have to get rid of them. So books like Fahrenheit 451, which it, by the way, these books, these kind of cla- dystopian classics are. We've been reading a lot of these in the Unsafe Space Book Club. Um, these are great because they give you a chance to have an aha moment to connect the things yep. around you and, and to relate it to something. And, and th- that that's the beauty of art is it illustrates it can, it can when used the right way, I think illustrate truth. And so of course they're banning these books because if you were to read this today, you would be having an aha moment. Like if you were to watch V for Vendetta today, um, and so I do think, Mr. Biggles, you're on to something. It was like, can you imagine a future where kids are like, like, Psst, you know, I got the I got the Fahrenheit 451 for you kind of thing. And you're just like sharing the <laughs> sharing banned literature that's going to broaden. It's not your as far fetched as you would you would think, um, fortunately. Uh, Richard Petz says, hi, Carter. Thanks for your welcome to the Digital Reign of Terror piece. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, glad you liked it. Not a super, not a super chat, but Mary says, "Carrie, I'm sorry for misspelling your name. Do not worry. I don't care about dumb stuff like that. It doesn't bother me." Rock Lexicon, um, can you read Rock Lexicon's super chat? Rock Lexicon says, "Did you see that GER and FRA called out Twitter for banning Trump?" No, Germany okay, and France called out Twitter for oh. banning Trump. Uh, oh, I heard about this. Well, okay. If the Euros are doing a better job of defending free speech than us, we're in trouble. Agreed. Here's my thought about Germany. (laughs) By the way, agreed. But Germany – now, this is not my own observation. This is an observation of a friend who – Germany, they've already got – they went through the – they have – they – I would argue just like people who survived uh, the Soviet Union who have family members who survived the Soviet Union – are maybe more attuned to some of these things and the and have the ability to make connections and to connect the banning of free speech with the burning of books, for example. So in some ways, even though the West, all of the West, Germany and France, they're, they're all rotten with this social justice ideology now, but maybe there's uh, some, some type of uh, inoculation that happens in a culture when they've been through this before. You know, I don't know. Maybe I mean we have we have noticed that people with uh, ancestors from former Soviet Union or who've lived through some of the horrible uh, moments in history 
tend to be less woke. <laughs> they tend to be more likely to recognize this for what it is. So yeah. um, people from Vietnam, people from uh, uh, you know Soviet Russia, like yep, people from China. Okay, yep. Nanya Biz. Thank you, Nanya Biz. Says consequentialism versus deontology. This is the breakdown in the rules of engagement. To the left, the ends justify the means. They will burn your house down with you in it if it moves their cause forward. Yeah, actually, that's a great point, Nanya Biz. It is – a lot of people don't understand that this is how the left uses language and action, both. It's – as we've said before, they don't use language to refer to objective reality. That's not their goal. And they don't – they don't – actions aren't morally or – Actions aren't moral or immoral to many people on the left based on the action themselves. Everything is about does it move the political ends forward or not? Does it help the the cause, the quote cause? Do, do we get closer to Marxist utopia or not? And if if the answer is yes, we get closer, then the action or language is justified. Um, and that's it. That's all that's necessary. It's a great point. Uh, this was not a super chat, but I just wanted to read these two. Uh, one is Therese. I think I lost it now, but Therese said, uh, I'm an OG from the SJW Knitting Wars. None of this surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, if you've already seen this unfold in a microcosm in a small community, like in the knitting world where it unfolded, you should be an OG. At this point, you're like, I recognize all of this. I recognize the encroachment on free speech. I re- Look at what happened at Ravelry. They kicked everyone off if they supported Trump. Like they've been through this before. So that's a good way of uh, that's a good way of putting it, Therese. And then the other thing I wanted to read, also not a super chat, but I just wanted to read this was a uh, gay rascal. Uh, Gay Rascal says, my grandma told me about it, uh, born in Germany in 1909. Uh, I don't know this word, something here. And all the all the former GDR people tell me that all their alarm bells are going off. Mm. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Mm. I'm hearing the same thing with friends who um, have family members who escaped Soviet Russia. Well, and I've I've mentioned the same thing in uh that Chinese parents are telling their kids, the kids that they sent to the United States to get out of China, many of them are telling their kids to return home because the United States is clearly uh, at the beginning of a cultural revolution and they don't want their kids to live through it because they lived through it in China. Um, So the idea that, uh, you know, the idea that Chinese parents who care about their kids and therefore sent them abroad are now out of that same care asking them to return to a <laughs> authoritarian regime for their own safety should give you pause. Um, King Collins gives us five bucks and says, check out YouTube on YouTube, the song lunatic fringe by, from red rider with lyrics sung by Tom Cochran. It's an anti woke anthem. Cool. I will. I haven't heard that in a while. I'll make a note for that one too. Uh, Tatiana. Uh, Wait, this is uh, this is not a super chat, but real quick, Malia says, uh, I can't super chat for some reason, but um, America is fighting itself and everyone else is egging them on. I live on the other side of the planet and Trump derangement syndrome has total domination here. Why? (sighs) Yeah, well, I do agree that America is totally fighting itself and everyone's egging us on. And I also think that 
um, the thing about Trump derangement syndrome is, is Trump is a great tool. He was a great boon for the, uh, the cathedral, what we call the, the cathedral, which is like the legacy media, big social, deep state, um, deep state being all, you know, the intelligence agencies, the, the, the unelected government officials who stay regardless of who's president, you know, the people who have an interest in, uh, in, in, in growing our, uh, intervention in other parts of the world. And, um, anyway, I, I think that Trump was a great boon to them because he was a tool that they used to just like mass manipulate people. And you can see that now when like we try to talk about some of these things and we say, look, the cathedral just shut off the president of the United States. Is it any more clear who holds the power in this country? It's more the, the cathedral is more powerful than the president. And somebody's like, Trump, 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 Trump. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't I'm talking about Trump. Yeah. <laughs> I'm talking about the cathedral, but they but it's such a good tool. They've used it to such a, a, a degree. And I don't know what they're going to replace him with now that he's gone. They've got to find a new boogeyman. And it might just be that my preacher was saying maybe it was that he was the shield that was in some ways deflecting a little bit of the ire from their true target, which is the American people. Yeah. Well, sheep, I mean, it, it was this was never the, about Trump. It yeah. was about the American people. And, and I you got you got to keep in mind from people from abroad largely get their information from new, news agencies abroad. And that largely comes from the cathedral in the United States. So if you're. If you're in another country, I mean, because I've talked to people about this in in happening in China as well. If you're in another country, you're hearing the MSNBC, CNN, New York Times narrative. That's what you're hearing. Um, you're not hearing yeah. like no one's listening to the War Room. No, no one's listening to OAN elsewhere. Um, so they're getting they're getting all of their most of their information filtered through that lens. The the other thing I think that's important to understand about Trump, and this is more of a, this is less of an intellectual. He, he's not an intellectual representative of America, but he is a. In many ways, he represents his kind of bravado, and his swagger is something that is attributed by many people to a unique as a, as a uniquely American kind of attitude. And it's something that I think resonated with the American people, and it's something that's very foreign to other cultures. And so Trump is kind of a larger-than-life character, and there's something about him that I think a lot of people can look at and say, that's wrong. That's the thing that's wrong with America. That's the different thing about America. It's that Trump-esque kind of thing going on with Americans. They all they're all kind of trying to get rich, and they have kind of this arrogance and this swagger and rather like – there's something he's and like a bull they, in a china shop but america itself is a bull in a has been historically a little bit of a bull in the china shops on the world state on the china shop on the world stage so i it it makes sense to me that there would be a lot of tds given those two factors i mean try and go anywhere in the world and talk about your right to bear arms with like just anywhere go anywhere and be like oh well obviously we should be able to carry guns I mean, you think it's bad in the United States to talk that way. Talk also anywhere else. People will think you're absolutely loon. You're crazy. They're, it doesn't even compute in most places. Like, what are you talking about? You crazy Americans. You think you carry guns around? Oh, my God. What kind of a – no wonder your society is a mess. Like, they are, they are not in tune with 
the American spirit that we're talking about where we can we can look at each other and go, many of us can look at each other and say, yeah, of course we should be able to carry guns around. <laughs> like, of course. I think there's a funny joke there somewhere where you're saying America has been in the past a bull in a China shop. Well, now we're we're something in China's shop. Yes. But uh... <laughs> now we're a bunch of bullshit in China's shop. I don't know. <laughs> there's something there there's something there um uh i have to leave i have a a repairman okay but uh i did want to say oh there's a new person i want to say hi to because i really liked this it's not a super chat but guy fox appropriate name given i just watched uh v for vendetta last night says i'm an unwoke gun owning progressive vegan here go figure (laughs) and i just want to say I dig you already. Welcome to unsafe space. So there's that's so that's what's interesting. I mean, obviously, I don't agree with everything that Guy Fox uh, seems to believe. But what's interesting about people like that is those things don't go together in the mainstream narrative. So this is someone who's like, this is what I'm talking about. I'm sure he has experienced some pushback and displeasure from various people in parts of communities that he might be involved in because. His ideas don't comport with everything that they're supposed to um, in those communities. That's a sign that you are exercising the muscle necessary to resist authoritarianism. Um, So that's all. Mm -hmm. I'm going to still do some super chats because I don't want to let them go. Okay. Um, Okay. Bye, Carter. Bye, guys. I'm sorry. I'll I'll, uh, see you later. All right. And uh, this week we have some interviews coming out. The one with Hotep Jesus I know I keep plugging that one because it was so much fun. And so actually, so was the one with Cameron Pasha. Yes. Hopefully those will come out. Bye, Carter. All right. Bye, Carrie. Okay. Uh, All right. We'll get through some super chats. We'll let you guys go. Uh, Tatiana gives us 10 bucks and says, just wanted to add, and it's my name day tomorrow. Um, You Orthodox Christians will know. It's Tatiana of Rome's Veneration Day. She stood for her principles Oh, and martyred for them. Okay, I don't know who Tatiana of Rome's veneration uh, is, but thank you for the thank you for the super chat. Uh, let's see. Just, we do have a few more here. I think the next one is from Necromosis X. <laughs> Necromosis X. Uh, Necromosis X says we are living through Project Insight. But instead of three mega helicarriers with multiple guns aimed at their opponent, opponents, we have big tech purging opposing voices and Captain America will not save us this time. Hail Hydra, whispers Jack Dorsey. <laughs> That's a visual, there's some visual imagery there. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, want, I don't want to make it seem like it's the end of the world here. Uh, we can and still should be fighting, but we should be aware of the situation we're headed into right now. They are in control. Um, and they're not gonna, they're not gonna ease up. Brian says, do I still need to bake the cake or are private businesses finally, uh, allowed to freely associate again? <laughs> no, no, Brian, you're trying to hold them to standards. Um, private businesses can free associate if that free association leads to banning wrong thinkers. But if that free association leads to any sort of behavior that doesn't forward the Marxist agenda, then that's not allowed. Hope that clears it up for you. Uh, I'll fight you naked. Great, 
Great, uh, great username. It says, check my Twitter by the same name for a funny or scary meme. I follow Carrie. I'm excited for the retreats. Trompers will be sent to. Uh, Trumpers will be sent to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't get too excited about those retreats. I hope you're still on Twitter by the time people get to go check your name. Um, Mephisto says, TDS, psychologists of the future will confirm that it was a mental illness way back in 20. 20- 20. <laughs> he was a mental illness in 2016, um, maybe even 2015 during the primaries. Uh, let's see. I think that's it for Super Chats. Rachel D says, I'm going to read it anyway. Rachel D says, the I think the reasonables in the middle, like convo, couch, unsafe space, etc., should all work together right now. I don't really consider us in the middle, um, but maybe. Maybe. Maybe if you add me and Carrie together, we're in the middle. Um, I think we are going to start finding communities. Um, I mean, we have one here even even after we get banned. By the way, if you go to unsafespace.com, type in your email address, uh, we'll be able to let you know when we get kicked off of somewhere and where we're going. Um, but, you know, I think we are starting to do that. We are building relationships with other, I'll just say, non-woke, semi-sane podcasters and uh and youtube channels around and hopefully that will continue and you know there was the better discourse conference in august that we attended at which you know we had there was a few there's a few woke lefties there which was nice because it made it not an echo chamber but you know these communities will persist it's just they may not persist persist on some of the mainstream platforms and they may not you know we may have to be using signal or telegram or you know, hopefully they won't shut, shut down our Discord server or things like that. Uh, but hey, gotta stand up. Someone says you have to. Uh, sorry, I'm got distracted. Someone says you have to misspell Trump for a super chat to go through. Really? <laughs> I I no. I almost can't believe that you have to misspell Trump for a super chat to go through. That's insane. Someone should try. Just give us like a buck. Someone try some small super chat with the word trump i'm i'm fascinated by that anyway you got to stand up and fight for this stuff um you got to stand up and fight against uh the values here because building alternative platforms while maybe a temporary uh measure ultimately if we're in a society run by a bunch of woke leftists everywhere it's going to be really hard when they shut off your bank right um it's it's going to be really hard to just live in an alt society completely um so oh there you go keith hack guy keith the hack guy put in trump okay you guys can stop now i appreciate the super chats trump 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 this is the trump test it's working there you go so you can you can super chat with trump's name i would have been surprised if you couldn't super chat (laughs) but all right well uh yeah see it wasn't a ploy zodly says nice ploy carter it worked I wasn't trying to ploy. I was just, uh, that's why I said do a cheap one. <laughs> uh, but maybe I was trolled successfully. Congratulations to the successful troll. All right. I don't have a lot more to say. I know Carrie's gone. Um, I do just want to throw out a couple things just to have you guys be aware of this um, that we've seen. One is Biden is planning on spending a massive amount of money. He's been asking for trillions of dollars for uh, COVID relief. So um, that inflation stuff, if you've seen our interview with Peter Schiff, 
uh, all of the concerns about inflation were just going to get worse. Um, and so, you know, I think sometimes with with inflation, you do see a bump in the stock market or in other currencies. I think Bitcoin's been up quite a lot lately um, because people flee the dollar. They don't want to hold dollars. I don't know how I'm not an economist. I don't know how long it's going to take for the inflation effects to be felt. But you can't print trillions of dollars and not have inflation effects be felt. So uh, it will be it will be felt. Um, and uh, I kind of want to maybe I can get away with doing this. I think I can. I'm going to I'm going to try it. I've mentioned this show. I'll leave you with a clip. I mentioned this show the other day. Um, it was called Nowhere Man. I think it was from the 90s. And someone in our community who I guess I can I guess I can name, I don't think they'll care, Legalized Adulthood, uh, uploaded and sent me this clip. And it, there's some relevance today, so I'll share it with you guys and then we can we can head out for the day. Let's see. Let's make sure sound works. And let's give it a shot here. How'd you get to my wife? That's your basic problem. It's probably too you low. To Here, I'm going to play it over. It's end. probably too It's too quiet. I'll turn up the volume for you. All right, let's try it now. How'd you get to my wife? What did it take? That's your basic problem. You don't seem to understand that in the end, most people choose to cooperate. Under a great deal of threat and pressure. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Doesn't take a lot of great... Sometimes it doesn't take a lot of threat and pressure. Um, I think it's a that's a chilling scene, um, and it's certainly applicable today because it doesn't always take a lot of, a lot of pressure. So, all right, I will, uh, I will let you guys go. I appreciate... I appreciate the the fun. Let me just double check the chat window, make sure there's nothing else I got to respond to. We are good. Uh, oh, Elvac says to check my DMs on Telegram during the show. Really, maybe I'll do it later. Elvac, I'll do it later. Um, I don't have Telegram open, so I can't do it during the show. Anyway, thanks for watching, everyone. Um, please, if you ha- if you're interested in the parlor stuff or in censorship, tech censorship generally. Um, I encourage you to go watch the video I posted this morning about it. Also, Carrie's got an article, which I haven't read, but I'm, I'm going to as soon as the show's over, which I'm sure is excellent about censorship. I've got an article that goes with the video, so you can go to our Medium page. I think um, Thomas St. Thomas also posted an article uh, related to the, the censorship stuff. So our Medium page has got a lot of new stuff on it, so go check that out. And as a reminder, we're reading Cynical Theories by... Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay, and we'll have book club for that on the 24th of January. If you want to join book club, send an email to speak at unsafespace.com, ask to join, and you can be in the video chat. And uh, what else? I don't know. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, Help us us bump up our subscriber levels before we get kicked out. And uh, as always, we really appreciate the... Uh, the monetary support people have been giving on Subscribestar and and on PayPal and now on YouTube memberships. So um, just want to thank you guys for that. If you have subscribed 
and you feel like you're waiting on something, it might be that I sent you a message through Subscribestar asking for information and you never responded. So please go ahead and check that. So with that said, uh, enjoy your outro. (laughs) See you guys later. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy, so go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. Our concern for your safety is sincere in every way. You can definitely trust us. Here's a fun fact, what happens online does not stay online forever. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Did you know that listening to CNN is not yet mandatory? Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.